Church, it's, it's amazing to me just how the faith of a few who had a heart to see people come to know Jesus has produced a church that God, by His grace, has used, is using, and I pray will continue to use for generations to come to reach people with the gospel. This is the heart of God, to see people who are far from Him come into a relationship with Himself. Because this is the command that Jesus left for us to be about. In Matthew 28, in the Great Commission, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I will be with you even to the end of the age. And what began over four decades ago, may God continue to use by his grace and for his glory, use us as a church today to reach more people with the gospel, to see more healthy churches planted and established, and more people reached amongst the nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we're going to be a church that is found faithful on the last day, in which we give an account to the Lord Jesus Christ, may we be found not only in love with Jesus, not only trusting Jesus and his word, but obeying what he has called us to do in the Great Commission. Did you know that every year in the United States, 5,000 churches close their doors never to open again? It's not because they're not needed. It's because they took their eyes off of the great commission that Jesus left for churches to be about, reaching the nations and their neighbors with the gospel. As your pastor, I have been praying and preparing for not only this message, but also where we are going as a church for a very long time, years in which I wanted to bring before you a compelling vision that points us in the direction that we're going to be going, not just for the next five years, but by His grace, if the Lord wills, for decades to come of reaching new people for Jesus. I preach so that not only you would fall in love with Jesus and you would love His Word, but so that you might go and obey what He's called us to do in His Word. And this morning, I want to compel you by the spirit of the Spirit's ability and power, all that is within me, that I might be able to point you to what Christ has laid out to us in His Word. And we might be a people who are found faithful doing what He's called us to do. And it's my heart as your pastor to see our church be found faithful on the last day, being obedient to what Christ has laid out for us in the scriptures. And I have been eager to share with you how God has been stirring within my heart this vision of where we're going to be going. And what I'm going to be presenting today is not a a program, it's a direction of where we are headed. And it all begins with where we look. Jesus tells us in John chapter 4, lift your eyes. The harvest is ready. Let me show you. Grab your Bible. Turn with me to John chapter 4. John's gospel is an evangelistic gospel tract. 
He gives the thesis for his gospel at the end of his gospel account in chapter 20, where he says, uh, but these are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. His whole point of writing this gospel is to drive you to Jesus, to prove that he really is God's son, and that when you believe in him by faith, when you bank your soul upon the Lord Jesus Christ, you find life. When we get to chapter four, we see where the momentum is building for Jesus and his ministry. As he and his disciples are baptizing and reaching new people with the gospel, even though Jesus himself wasn't doing the baptizing, his disciples were, his momentum and fame is growing. And the Sadducees and the Pharisees there in Jerusalem and Judea are not pleased with his momentum as he is starting to supersede even John the Baptist. So reading the cultural moment, Jesus takes his disciples up on a retreat. It's time to get away from all of the religious hype happening in Jerusalem. And we're going to head up north towards Galilee. And what we see in chapter 4, beginning with verse 4, the scripture says that he had to go through Samaria. Now, the geography would make sense for a statement like that because Judea is located right here in central Israel. You've got Samaria just north, and then you've got Galilee. So Judea, Samaria, Galilee. But the problem is the Samaritans are hated by the Jews. They're considered half-breeds. You take this back to the Old Testament when the Assyrians come in and they sack Samaria and they send people to live there and they begin to intermarry and to interbreed. Thus, the Samaritans are not fully Jewish anymore. The bloodline has been broken. And so Jews despise Samaritans. They want to avoid Samaritans. They hate Samaritans. So much so that oftentimes, whenever Jews in the south wanted to go north to Galilee, they would avoid Samaria in the middle. By the Jordan River runs this way. They would cross the Jordan, go north, and then cross back over just to avoid Samaria. But verse 4 says Jesus had to go through Samaria. He had a divine appointment. There was a specific person he wanted to impact with the gospel. He had an arrangement, a meeting with a woman that would change the world. You see, God is a missionary God who pursues after people far from him. God is a missionary God. He is pursuing after people who are not in a right relationship with him. You see this back in the very beginning in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. What did God do? He cried out, Adam, where are you? Not physically. God knew right where he was hiding behind the bush. But where are you relationally? What was God doing? God was calling him out of hiding and inviting him back into a relationship with himself. We see this with the prophet Jonah, who walks in disobedience and gets on a ship and heads in the opposite direction of where God's called him to go. And God uses a fish to pursue him and to bring him back, not only to a place of mission, but to back to a right relationship with himself. We see this with Simon Peter when he denies Jesus three times. And instead of shaming him, Jesus cooks him breakfast and he restores him. And for each of the three times that Simon Peter denied Jesus, three times Jesus tells Peter, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're far from God. You're not in a close relationship with him. May I say to you, he's pursuing you. 
God is coming after you. Kenneth, how do you know that? It's because you're here and you're listening to his word, that God is a missionary God who is on your trail and he is pursuing you and calling you to himself through his son. And he is a God who sent forth his son as the greatest missionary of all time who came to pursue that which was lost, which is us. And he rescued us through his perfect sinless life, through his substitutionary death on the cross in which he gave his life for you, in which his blood was shed for the forgiveness of your sins. And he was put into a tomb. But the Easter message does not stop with past Sunday we just had, but the Easter message continues that the tomb is still empty. Jesus is alive. Jesus defeated death. And anybody and everybody who turns from sin and trusts in Jesus by faith, you are accepted by God. He receives you. He forgives you of your sin. He clothes you in his righteousness. He adopts you into his family. He secures for you an eternal relationship that begins the moment you trust in him. This is the gospel that changes everything. And this is the gospel that Jesus came to accomplish for all who would trust in him. And so Westwood, since God is a missionary God, so may we too join him in his hot pursuit of going after people who are far from him. That there are people right now who do not know Jesus in your life and amongst the nations and they don't know Jesus. And God has strategically planted you and I here in this planet at this time with the gospel in our hearts and on our lips for such a time as this. And may we be a people who are eager to see people come to a saving knowledge of Christ. Here in John 4 is a sexually immoral Samaritan woman who is lost. And Jesus pursues her to bring her and her city into a right relationship with God. Jesus travels through Samaria to the town of Sychar. He sits down at Jacob's water well, and he asks the woman for a a drink, which was shocking. It only shocked her, verse 9, but it shocked the disciples, verse 27. Why? Once again, Jews don't talk to Samaritans, but especially a Jewish rabbi talking to a woman in public. This is a shocking moment. This woman is an outcast. We see right there, verse 6, she goes to the water well at the hottest time of the day. It's noon. She's out there alone. Nobody wants to go out and carry heavy water jars in the hottest part of the day. But she does that because she doesn't want to face the shame and the mocking that the rest of the community is going to give her because of her life choices. But the beauty of this moment, as we see this woman with a broken past, I love the reality that we see unpacked here in John 4, is that your past does not define your future. Indeed, your sinful past does not mean that God stops pursuing you, but quite the opposite. He does pursue you. He can redeem your past, and God can use your life to reach many people for Jesus. I love how our previous sins do not disqualify us from the grace of Jesus. Here is this woman, and Jesus intentionally goes to her, and he uses water as the means of pointing her to her greatest need, salvation. 
She needs a relationship with God through Jesus. And so Jesus offers her that. He offers her living water, a spiritual water that will satisfy and quench the deepest thirst of her soul. She likes the sound of this. Verse 15, give me this water. But Jesus is not interested in a quick convert. He goes for her heart and he says, verse 16, go call your husband. She responds, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, you're right. In fact, you've had five husbands and the man you're living with now isn't even your husband. What's Jesus doing here? Like a trained TSA agent, he's unpacking the baggage of her past. She, he's addressing the thing in the deepest part of her heart that she's hoping no one else will talk about or address. She's an outcast amongst her own people, and Jesus is revealing himself who he is, but he wants to make sure she understands that when you come to me, I get all of you. I want all of your past. I want all of your sin. I want everything that you feel like disqualifies you because I'm the one who is sufficient to love, care for, and cover all of your past. She recognizes Jesus as a prophet, but Jesus had more in store for her, and he reveals himself to her, verse 26, as the Messiah, as the Christ. Verse 26 is the apex of chapter 4. This is the mic drop moment. This is where Jesus reveals, I am he. In the original language, he's using a parallel with Exodus chapter 3 of Moses at the burning bush, where God reveals his name as, I am who I am. Jesus here is saying, the God of the Old Testament who met Moses at the burning bush, you're looking at him. I am he. I am the Messiah. I am the Christ. I am God come in the flesh. He is revealing himself to her. She is shocked by this moment, so much so that she drops her water jar, verse 28, and makes a beeline to Sychar. She gets to the town square, and she gives a testimony and an invitation. I met a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? And this question is planted in her heart like a seed in the hearts of the people. It's as if she's saying, y'all, come with me. Then we see, verse 30, they leave town. They start walking towards the water well. Meanwhile, verse 31, the disciples arrive and they're looking like those who show up with DoorDash meals, urging Jesus, hey, you need to eat something. It's been a long trip. Jesus, you need to get something on your stomach. And he says, I have food, verse 32, that you don't even know about. Disciples are like, well, verse 33, who brought Jesus food? But Jesus uses this as a teachable moment for his disciples. As the master teacher, Jesus says, listen, boys, there's something far more important than physical food for your stomach. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. And then we get to Mark, excuse me, uh, John chapter four, verse 35. Listen to what I'm telling you. Lift up your eyes and look at the fields because they are ready for harvest. 
Jesus is directing the gaze of the eyes of his disciples to the entire town of Sychar that is marching out to the water well. And he's saying, hey, boys, lift, lift, lift your eyes. The harvest, people, people who don't know me, people who are far from God, people who do not have a relationship with me, lift your eyes, the harvest. It's people. A town of possibly thousands of people walking out because of this one woman's testimony and her invitation. And Jesus says, boys, lift your eyes. This is the priority of the Father. This is the food I came to eat. This is what it's about. It's about people. It's I came for people who are far from God, and I want to see them come to a saving knowledge of me. That this is the heart of God. He's calling his disciples, lift your eyes to the harvest. And I say to you, Westwood, today, lift your eyes to the harvest. There are people all amongst the nations and your neighbors who are lost and do not know God. They are far from him. And what we see in John 4 is Jesus saying, lift your eyes. The harvest. It's about reaching people with the gospel. Our mission as a church is that Westwood exists to invest in people who will impact their world for Jesus. We get this from the great commission that Jesus left for us in Matthew 28. And the mission of the church will never change. We are going to be continually looking to reach people with the gospel. What breaks my heart is that many churches close their doors because they become inward thinking. It becomes about preference. This is what I want. Rather than about the purpose that God has left for his church of reaching people with the gospel. Churches that look inward will eventually die. But churches that look outward, they'll never die. They're continually looking to reach new people with the gospel. And so this idea of lift is what I'm calling our church to. Westwood, we are going to lift our eyes upward and outward to reach the nations and our neighbors with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the vision. We are going to be lifting our eyes to the harvest, looking to and reach and engage people with the gospel. We're going to lift our eyes upward to the Lord. Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes unto the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We're going to be lifting our eyes to the Lord. We are going to Hebrews 12, fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That apart from him, we can't do this. Our eyes have to be continually upon the Lord, lifting our eyes upward unto him. But we're also going to be lifting our eyes outward to the harvest, lifting our eyes to people who are far from God and do not have a relationship with him through his son, Jesus. Now, how are we going to do this? Well, there's three strategies I want to place before you. These three strategies are ways that we as a church together can be used by God of reaching the nations and our neighbors with the gospel. And at the close of the service, I'm going to give you three ways that you can respond. The first lift strategy is this. We are going to lift local. We're going to mobilize Westwood members to serve local communities through Compassion Ministries. 
What we have seen through the pandemic, through inflation, and even through migration is that our community is changing and we live in, in a community of people who are in desperate need of grace. They need the gospel. They need people who are going to care for them. Therefore, through Compassion Ministries, we're going to be caring for people right here, our neighbors. We're going to be identifying specific tangible needs right here in Shelby County that we as a church can rise up and meet so that we can care for people right here who are our neighbors. We have a leadership team that has recently been meeting with community and city officials here in Shelby County, identifying specific ways we as a church can respond and be a solution to the challenges that people are facing right here in our community. We're in the process of developing a comprehensive strategy to mobilize Westwood members to serve through these compassion ministries, ministries like food distribution, counseling ministries, through English as a second language, through Spanish as a second language, through addiction recovery. We as a church are going to be intentional about in caring for people right here who are our neighbors, right here in our community. And we're going to be de deploying you to go and serve right here in our community. We are going to be a church that is a light on a hill, a city on a hill that shines its light, that is caring for people who are in desperate need of the gospel, in need of hope and care. The second way we're going to do it, the second strategy is lift global. We are going to train and send Westwood members to the nations with the gospel. Lift Global is a strategy in which we're going to send Westwood members to the nations. We're going to cultivate God by his grace. Oh, that he would do this. He would cultivate a culture of evangelism and mission right here amongst our church. That we are going to be people who love not only Jesus, but we love talking about Jesus. We love inviting people to believe upon him. Well, how are we going to do that? We're going to train every Westwood member in evangelism. Every person is going to have confidence and clarity in sharing the gospel. Have you ever had the privilege and the joy of leading someone to faith in Jesus? Man, it is an incredible experience to think that God would use you to tell someone about Jesus and that they would believe in him because of you. Not because you're the Savior, but because you pointed them to him who is Jesus. We're going to train all our entire church of everybody in evangelism. So that you can have confidence that when you open your mouth, you can share the gospel and be eager and ready to point them to faith in Christ. We're going to commission every Westwood member as a missionary. That each of us would realize that God has called us as missionaries right where we already are. That at your workplace, at your ball field, in your community, in your neighborhood, God has strategically planted you there as a missionary. That we're not a people who have arrived at home. We're sojourners passing through to a new kingdom. We're not home yet. We are elect exiles. We are people who aren't putting roots down here saying, I'm going to set up my earthly kingdom because it's going to pass away. But we are a people who've been planted here in this culture and in this community for such a time as this to be missionaries, to be thinking like people who are trying to reach foreigners with the gospel. You see, you and I, we're the outcasts in Christ. We're peculiar people. We're a different people. But we're going to be intentionally looking to reach people with the gospel. 
And by 2027, we're going to be sending every year 100 Westwood members to the nations on international mission trips. And the next service, we're going to be commissioning a team that's going to Belize. Is that we as a church will be continually sending out teams and people to the nations, going on international mission trips, introducing people to the gospel, making Christ known where he is not known yet. So we have lift local, we have lift global. The third part is lift churches. We're going to establish healthy, gospel centered churches in every community in Shelby County. The church is God's vehicle of getting the gospel to the ends of the earth. And when churches are healthy and gospel-centered, they're focused on knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. That is where God's people flourish. And I desire to see healthy churches established all throughout Shelby County where there are communities that are transformed as these churches become lighthouses. How are we going to do this? Well, it's going to begin by starting home groups. We have to get into different communities. One particular area, can I just highlight one that's right here in our backyard? Is, is we have over 4,000 homes between Ballantrae and Weatherly. 4,000. Right now we're reaching about 100. We have a harvest outside of our back door. So we're going to be looking to start and establish home groups in various communities. We want to plant two Hispanic churches in Shelby County. Coming up on August the 6th of this year, we will be planting our first Hispanic church. And may it be just the beginning of reaching more people with the gospel and planting more churches to reach all peoples with the gospel. Over the next five years, we want to establish five healthy churches, either through church planting, multi-site, or through church adoptions. That we want to come alongside churches that are struggling and partner with them to love them and lead them back into health, to get them back on mission. Maybe it's through us planting churches in various communities where there are not healthy gospel-centered churches. Maybe we become a, a church that makes these multi-sites in which we plant churches. We're wide open with our methodology. The key is we want healthy gospel-centered churches in communities all throughout Shelby County. Lord willing, over the next five years, we're going to start a Westwood Training Center for pastors and church leaders. We want to train and develop pastors who can go into these churches and lead these churches towards health. So Kenneth, what are you calling us to do? Well, there's three ways I want to invite you to respond. The first is to pray. Is to pray. Would you pray the Lord of the harvest to raise up workers? Would you pray that God would give us the nations and our neighbors for Christ? Would you pray that God would create a culture of passion for Jesus and evangelism right here amongst our church? In Luke chapter 10, verse 2, Jesus said, The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to raise out, to send out workers into his harvest. Secondly, is to give. Through your financial investment, we're going to be able to move the needle of reaching more people with the gospel. Your financial investment is a way through which we can reach people with the gospel. Now, lift is going to require sacrificial giving, giving above and beyond our regular tithes and offerings. And so prayerfully, Lord willing, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to unpack what this is going to look like for us as a church financially. 
and where I can bring before you and we can celebrate together how God has been so faithful to our church through the generous giving of his people. We're going to celebrate that. And we're going to talk about where, how far God has brought us and where we are headed and how we can be used by God to reach more people with the gospel. The third way is to go. To go reach the nations and your neighbors. That we are a going people that we participate in this lift strategy as a church by looking to impact our world for Jesus. You see, lift is not an initiative for the few. It's the task for all. Y'all, it's going to take all of us. It's going to take every single one of us using our unique gifts, passions, talents, and we leverage them for the gospel because we want to be used by God to obey the Great Commission in reaching people with the gospel. You may be thinking, but there's no way God could ever use me. You know what I love about John 4? is we have a beautiful record of how God can use anybody. Here is this woman who is used by God to reach a city with the gospel. Look at verse 39. Now many Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of what the woman said. Isn't this great that God could use anybody? Verse 41, many more believed because of what Jesus said. Verse 42, and they told the woman, we no longer believe of what you said since we've heard for ourselves and we know that this really is the savior of the world. The Samaritan woman was lost. She was an outcast. She was caught up in sexual sin and God used her to reach a city with the gospel. Do not underestimate how God can use you. You are not disqualified from being used by Jesus to impact your world for his glory. You see, God loves to use a nobody to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. And for some of you in this room, you're not a believer yet. And we are so glad you're here. You are always welcome. And we love talking about Jesus Maybe today it begins by today you saying, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. I'm ready to surrender my life to him. At the close of our service out in the atrium, there's a next steps table. I want to invite you to stop by there and just share with them. Hey, I'd like to talk to someone about putting my faith in Jesus. They're not going to mock you or shame you. They're going to celebrate. Like, man, that's awesome. I did the same thing at some point. Let's talk about that. Please don't leave this campus without securing your relationship with God through putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe for you today, you've already put your faith in Christ. Maybe today's the day in which you put your yes on the table. In which you say, Lord, I, I'm eager to be used by you. I don't know how, but Lord, you've told me in your word that you've gifted me with your Holy Spirit. And he has given me gifts that I get to use to leverage for the gospel. So God, would you use me? Maybe today's the day in which you say, yes, Lord, I'm putting my yes on the table. I'm going to obey you wherever you lead. I kind of want all of us to have a, a grasp of this. So what I've got, I want to show you on the screens is a video that kind of summarizes what I just laid out for you and how you and I can respond and get involved in this. Check out the screens. January 4th. 1981, a small group of people met in the heart of Alabaster with a dream 
of wanting to see a church planted and established that would reach Shelby County with the gospel. Little did they know that four decades later, God would use their initial work to reach thousands of people with the gospel, to send millions of dollars to the nations, to get the gospel to those who've never heard, and to use this church to impact cities right here in this community for the sake of the gospel. Westwood exists to invest in people who will impact their world for Jesus. We exist not for ourselves, but for the sake of him who rescued us from sin and death and hell. We are a people whose lives have been changed by Jesus, and we are eager to see people come to a saving knowledge of Christ. As we look towards the future, we are going to lift our eyes upward to the Lord. Psalm 121 tells us, lift your eyes unto the hills. We're going to lift our eyes to the Lord. But we are also a people who are going to lift our eyes to the harvest. In John chapter 4, Jesus told his disciples to look out across the city of Sychar, walking towards him there at the well, and he tells them, lift your eyes, the harvest. This is the priority of the Father, lifting our eyes to the nations and our neighbors so that we might point them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we enter into this five-year vision, we are going to lift our eyes to the harvest, to look at the people whom God has placed right here in our community to seek to reach them with the gospel. There are three strategies on how we are going to fulfill the vision. The first is lift local. What we've seen through the pandemic, inflation, and even migration are unique needs right here within our community. Westwood, we're going to be mobilizing you to serve those right here who are our neighbors. How are we going to do that? We'll do it through food distribution, through English as a second language training, Spanish as a second language training, counseling ministries, addiction recovery, and other compassion ministries so that we can care for people right here in Shelby County. The second strategy of lift is lift global. Westwood behind me is Caesarea Maritima. It's this strategic city on the Mediterranean Sea through which the Apostle Peter and the Apostle Paul and untold thousands of believers have left this harbor to take the gospel to the nations. This harbor is a special place in my heart because it's through this port that indeed people all over the world would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Indeed, this was a launching pad for the gospel. Westwood, we're going to be just like this harbor right here. We're going to be a launching pad for the gospel. May God, by His grace, use our church to get the gospel to the nations so that all people might come to a saving knowledge of the truth. You and I get to do this together through Lift Global. Lift Global is a strategy in which we are going to send Westwood members to the nations. We're going to train every Westwood member in evangelism. We're going to commission every Westwood member to be a missionary right where God has already planted them. We're going to be sending by the year 2027, 100 people every year out to the nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The goal is for us to also thirdly to establish healthy churches. Westwood behind me is a church that recently closed its doors. They forgot the vision of reaching people with the gospel. More than three decades have gone by since this church was reaching people with the gospel. Three decades since the baptismal waters were stirred. Three decades since doing a vacation Bible school or trying to reach kids all around this community. 
This church is a warning that if we take our eyes off of the harvest, that we too will one day have to close our doors. May we be a church that's intentionally seeking to reach new people with the gospel, that we're lifting our eyes outward to the harvest. The goal is for us to establish healthy churches in every community in Shelby County. We want to plant over the next five years two Hispanic churches. We want to seek to establish five English-speaking churches all throughout Shelby County, whether it's through church planting, church multi-site, or through church adoptions. We're going to start a Westwood Training Center for pastors and church leaders. Here's how you can respond. The first way is pray. Pray for the Lord of the harvest to raise up workers who will go out and bring people into the kingdom to preach the gospel, that God would raise up people who will go and impact their world for Jesus. Pray that God would mobilize our church to be outward focused, to be effective in evangelism and seeking to reach people with the good news of Jesus. A second way you can participate is give. Through your financial investment, we are able to move the needle on reaching people with the gospel. Your financial investment is a way that we can reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. A third way is go. You can go by taking the gospel to the nations and your neighbors. By participating in the Lift strategy, we together as a church are going to be looking to impact our world for Jesus. And Westwood, that's the vision, to lift our eyes upward and outward, and we get to do this together. So let's go. Let's go and impact our world for Jesus. The church, we get to do it together. I'm not sure about you. I know that my time is limited. Not much longer until you and I are take our last breath and we are catapulted into eternity to be with Jesus. And I want my life to count. And I want to take as many people with me to go and see Jesus. And you get to do the same. In just a minute, I'm going to pray and we're going to be dismissed on your way out. There's these lift documents that look just like this. Inside this, this document has all the information that we just talked about. Uh, also, I want to encourage you, if you have questions, you can go to our website, gowestwood.org forward slash lift. And you can get more information there. Also, I've been working for the past six months with a leadership team that's helped me organize a lot of this. They're out in the atrium at this hallway in this right here in the lift area. I would invite you to stop by there. Ask questions. Uh, get to know them. Maybe you're wondering, where can I get involved? Where can I serve? Stop by there and talk with them. But this is just the beginning of the direction of where we're going of reaching more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ.